Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles today, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have an app yet, just look on the screen here with me. Oh, he's good. He's good. Can you just thank God for our worship team today as well? Can you thank God for that? Amen. Oh, if you can, if you're, if you're physically capable, stand your feet with me. Stand your feet with me. I will be, I will be quick about this. Stand, if you're physically capable, stand your feet with me. We just do this in honor of the word of God. Matthew 7, 7 reads this way. It says, ask. Someone say ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek. Someone say seek. And you will find. Knock. Someone say knock. And the door will be opened to you. Now, that's how Jesus lays it out, but I need to know if anyone can bear witness to this next verse. Have you ever, have you ever seen this laid out in your own life? For everyone who asks, receive. If, if that's you, say amen. I've, I've been there. I've been there. For everyone who seeks, they find. Someone say amen. I've been there. I've been there. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Come on, testify. I, I've been there. I've been there. Ms. B, thank you for what you testified today. Showing up in the house of God in pain, but still believing God that he's worthy of it all. And all he does is just show you how worth you are to him by healing your body. Can I tell you, that's what God wants to do for you today as well. He wants you to come in faith believing. That's what he wants for you. Ms. B, you are the living testimony of someone who asks and seeks and knocks. God has opened the door. In fact, Ms. B, I, I love this because you are living proof of this little video I, I found. Maybe you've seen this before. I just, I love this video. Just, it just makes me happy every time I see this. You got that for me, Sarah? I, I love this. When God opens a door, come on, somebody. He really opens a door. Come on, can you say amen? Can you say amen? That's my God. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or you can be seated here today. You can be seated here today. That's the goodness of God in my life. Woo. Acts 12, Acts 12. So last Sunday we were giving you what I called, I don't even know why I defined it as an Oreo, but I was, I was giving you the exterior wafers last week. Today I want to give you the, kind of the, the interior, okay? A little bit of that good stuff on, on the inside. Matt, Acts 12, if you weren't here last Sunday, I just kind of set the text for you so you kind of know where, where we were ministering from. So it says this, it says this in Acts 12, it says, it was about this time that King Herod, Herod was the, the king of the Jewish people, uh, the Israelite people. King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. So he had a, an evil intent here. The church was growing during this time in the book of Acts, and, and Herod obviously was not a Christian, and so he had evil intent, and he started arresting Christians. And his whole, his whole purpose was to persecute them. Here's what happened in verse 2. He had James, the brother of John, put to death by the sword. That could very possibly translate that he had James beheaded, just put to death by the sword. Talk about real persecution. Come on, somebody. You, you feel like I'm persecuted at work because people don't like me or because they, they make fun of me. This is, this is real persecution here when they take your head off uh, from your shoulders for, for your, your service to Christ. And So verse 3 says this, and, and when Herod saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. Now verse 4 says this, after arresting Peter, Herod had Peter put in prison. He handed him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. 
Okay, so here we have this evil king with this, with this evil intent to ultimately harm God's people. But I just feel like I, I, I came today to remind somebody that no matter what people intend to do to you, and no matter how Satan plots and schemes and conspires against you, you need to know that God's purpose for your life is always going to prevail. In spite of their bad intentions, God's purpose will prevail. Yeah. Psalms 118 verse 6, the psalmist said it like this, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So it's with this in mind, with this in mind, this verse in mind, I believe that the church begins to pray. Because look at, look at Acts uh, chapter 12 verse 5. Look at verse 5. It says, so Peter was kept in prison. But the church was earnestly, fervently, constantly praying to God for Peter. Constantly, fervently praying to God for Peter. And the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, possibly to kill him, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Just real quick, have you ever been in that, in that situation where you're stuck in between, where, where you just realize it's that moment where I feel like everything is closing in on me and, and I feel trapped and, and there's, there's just no way out. I'm, I'm stuck in between and it's in these moments when I, when I feel bound and, and I, I literally got, I feel like things are set up on, on every side of me. Do you, do you know this, that in those moments when you feel in between, there's someone who's going to show up right in the middle of your storm, right in the middle of your situation right in the middle of the battle the church begins to earnestly and fervently constantly pray for peter the bible tells us now here's what it makes me wonder what exactly were they praying what exactly were they praying maybe they were maybe they were just praying maybe they weren't even praying for god to keep peter alive Maybe they figured we're already under so much persecution. James is already dead. Maybe they weren't even praying, God, keep Peter alive. Maybe they were just praying, God, give Peter peace. Yeah. Well, why, why do I think maybe they're praying this? Because look at verse 6. The Bible tells us Peter was asleep. Maybe he just felt the peace of God from their prayer. God, maybe you won't save him, but can you at least give him peace? God, can you at least give him courage in the middle of this? God, can you at least give him some strength? God, can, can you at least give him your presence? God, can you help him to not be afraid? But th th this is the level I believe that the church was possibly praying on. God, just give him peace. But I need you to know the God of the Bible is on a whole different level than how you tend to pray. Because while we're praying, God, give him peace. God, just give him your presence. God, just help him to not be afraid. God's like, listen to me, I'm on a whole nother level I'm going to give you what you didn't even think was possible to ask for not only am I going to help Peter and give him my presence but I am the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly this is Ephesians 3:20. above all you ask or even think you didn't even think to ask me to set him free you didn't even think to ask me can I show forth my power and get this guy out alive but I can do more than you even think is possible. Spoiler alert. Peter doesn't die. Spoiler alert. At the end of the chapter, everything that was against Peter died. 
His guards and Herod are all dead by the end of the chapter. What am I trying to tell you? God can do a miracle on such a next level in your life that not only can he get you out, but even the things that threaten to try to take you out, God can remove them completely. This is why Paul said in Romans 8, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? Can I get an amen from somebody who's seen this lived out in your own life? I serve a God who does exceedingly and abundantly above all I ask or even imagine. And I am living proof that if God is for me, what can mere mortals do to me? Peter lives the same thing out. Look at verse 7. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appears and a light shone in the cell. And I love this. The angel struck Peter on the side. If you have a King James, it says he smote him. Smote. That's just, just an awesome word. Come on, somebody. Next time I tell you to, to poke your neighbor, I'm going to say smote your No, don't smote him because it, it's, actually, it's actually like to hit strike, okay? It could be painful. It says here that the, the, the angel struck Peter on the side and woke him up. And he said, quick, or, or King James, make haste. Get up. Now, I don't have time to, to dig into this like I did last week, but we often think that this sequence should happen in the other way around, right? Quick, make haste, get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. We think that God needs to set us free, and then, we'll be, then we can be obedient. God says be obedient. And I'll create the freedom. If you missed that, just go back and watch last week's message. Verse 8. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Then he said, wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter did so. He followed the angel out of the prison. But he had, check this out, no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. He thought this was a, a dream. And so here's what they did. They passed the first and the second guards. And they came to the iron gate leading to the city. Check this out. And like, like your garage door, it opened for them by itself. And they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Now, at this point, moment right here, Peter came to himself. He comes to his senses and he says, whoa, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. And when this had dawned on him, he decided, I, there's somewhere I need to go. There's somewhere I need to go. So he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and we're praying. Okay. So we got all this, got all this nice context here. Let, let me try to give you some of this, this cream feeling for just a moment if I can, all right? All of these things that are happening to Peter are happening in real time while people were praying for Peter. All of these things that were happening to Peter were happening in real time also, though, without any of them even knowing it was happening. It, it makes me wonder, what is God doing right now? What is God healing right now? What is God fixing right now? What is God changing right now? And you don't even know about it yet. Peter didn't even know what was happening. 
He didn't, he didn't, he thought it was a vision. He thought it was, he thought it was a, it was a dream. And, and maybe you've, you understand this in your walk with God. Most of the time we don't even know that it's God working until long after the fact. Come on, somebody, while you're in the middle of it, right, it's, it's confusing. It feels so uncertain. And you're like, I, I don't even know what's happening. I don't even know why it's happening. I don't even know if God is really there. I, I don't understand. I'm so confused. I'm, I'm so uncertain. But sometimes it takes until the, the very end of the thing. When I, when I finally got to the other side, when I've, when I've finally been set free and, and let out, and now I'm on my own again, and I come to my senses that maybe just like Peter, I... It finally all begins to make sense. In fact, maybe when I don't understand why I'm going through it, but I can get to the other side and get to the end, I begin to see the revelation of, of Romans 8:28. We quote it all the time, but sometimes it isn't until the end when I finally know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who have been called according to his purpose. Sometimes I had to get to the end of the thing. And I need you to see this in the text. It's so important for me to point this out because we don't always know when it's God. Come on, if you've been a Christian long enough, you can say amen. I can't always tell when it's God. I mean, come on, when something strikes me, I'm not thinking it's an angel. I mean, isn't that insane? The angel shows up and what's the first thing he does? Lays a smack down on Petey. Who's ever been through the smackdown? Come on. Yeah, I, I, I've been through. I, I'm not talking about if you smell. I'm not talking about that. Okay. Uh, have, you, have you been through the smackdown? You, you, you know what I'm talking about? Where you're going through something in, in life and, 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 and all of a sudden, boom, you just get slapped upside the head. And, and, and here's the crazier thing. My, my question is, what if it isn't the devil that's smacking you? What if it's the grace of God reaching out to you to get your attention? Because you're comfortable with those chains. You're comfortable with that prison. You're comfortable with being stuck in between. And, and, and sometimes God's got to get a hold of you and, and say, this is not what I called you to and what I've destined you for. I've got, I've got bigger and then better and, and, and greater. And, and maybe, just maybe, it's God who loves me enough to strike me so I won't lay there and let the enemy slay me. Maybe like Job, I could say one day, Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet... Will I trust him? The angel smacks Petey and he says, get up. Come on, just, just, just smoke your neighbor and say, get up. Yeah, get, get up. I know some people have been waiting all day long. To, I just can't wait to, to, to smite the one sitting next to me. Hallelujah. I'm going to give him the forehand and the backhand. Hallelujah. Get up, the angel says. Get up. Why is he telling him to get up? Because, because if you're not careful, you're going to get very comfortable being down. If you're not careful, you're, you're going to get used to being down. If you're not careful, you're going to think this is all God has for me anymore in my life. He says, get up. You're not, it's not okay for you to stay here. Get up. Get up. And then, and then the angel says something so crazy to me. He says, make haste. Make haste. Why is an angel in a hurry? When has an angel ever been scared of anything? He ain't scared. He's trying to get Peter to understand something here. Sometimes the Lord's work requires haste. Oh, shoot. Pastor, move the service time up a full hour on me. 
Sometimes the Lord's work requires me to be speeding to church on a Sunday. Because I forgot service starts at 1030. Woo, Jesus. Make haste, the angel says. Because sometimes what God has for you to do, it, listen to me, if you're going to do anything great for God, the one thing you cannot be is apathetic. If you're going to do anything for the kingdom of God, the one thing you cannot be is lethargic and lazy. You just can't. Colossians 3, and I'll just give it to those of you who are praying for, for better things and in front of you, for God to open up doors to you. Okay, listen to me. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Do it with all your soul. Do it with, with everything inside you, not unto men, but unto God. That's, that's how we're meant to live our, our lives. And, and so listen to me when I tell you that if you're going to do anything for God, you cannot be apathetic. You, 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 you can, when God gives you the grace to get out of something, make haste. When God gives you the grace to be free from something, make haste. When God says to you, this season is over, it's time for the next one, then make haste. When God says, I'm bringing you out right now, stop sitting there trying to look cute. Stop sitting there reasoning with yourself. Stop sitting there making excuses for your dysfunction. When God says, I've set an anointing, and the anointing is going to break the yoke on your life, it's time to get out. Then say to yourself, I refuse to be slow when God is working quickly. Make haste. Make haste. Make haste. What, what are some of y'all waiting for? What, what, what are you waiting for? For Jesus to show up and tell you to make haste? He did 2,000 years ago when he laid down his life on a cross. And you, and you need to hear me today in your spirit, ladies and gentlemen. Hear me in your, in your spirit today. What, what, what is happening in this generation that we think we can just be lazy when God is trying to bring us out? We can just take our time. God's grace is enough. Thank God for that. But the grace for you right now is not to keep you in that prison. It's to bring you out of it. I'm going to celebrate the grace of God all day long, baby. But I understand that grace is there to set me free and to keep me free. Make haste. Some of you feel this way with this message, Pastor. Make haste. Get to your next point. Here we have everything happening so quickly for Peter. I mean, think about it, right? You sound asleep. An angel smacks you. Your chains fall off. You're walking out in between. Everyone that was literally guarding you, ready to kill you. And now all, the, all, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're in this place of freedom. And the iron gate just opens in front of you like it's an automatic door. Like I'm walking into Walmart. I can understand why in that moment, Peter could not differentiate between, am I dreaming? Or is this what I'm really experiencing? I can see where he, he couldn't really figure out what was going on. Pastor Beto, he, he went from dreaming it to now walking in it. Somebody take a moment and, and just testify in this room. When you look back over your shoulder, you can say, God has been so good that I am currently walking in things I used to only dream about. 
I, I am currently experiencing things I only used to pray for. Come on, somebody. If God has been good to you, then let, let's, just, let's just take a moment right now in this place and praise him that what used to be dreams are now my current situation. What I used to hope and pray and plead and fast for is now what I'm currently living and, and enjoying. There was a time and a day for 13 years when we used to pray for our own home and believe for our own home. And 13 years later, we didn't have one. But that dream one day became a reality. And now I'm living in the benefits and the blessing, if you will, of things I only used to dream about. Come on, somebody. This is why you've got to keep dreaming. But while you're dreaming, keep walking by faith. Because one day you're going to look back and say, thank you, Lord, I'm living in what I only used to dream about. The whole reason that this angel appears, I believe, is, and he doesn't just appear, right? He appears in the prison. The whole reason I believe the angel appears in this prison is just for this alone. To show us all that hell can't make a prison that God can't break into. Ooh, don't you sit here and tell me I've done way too much wrong and I've lived, I've lived too much evil and there's no way God could forgive me for all the things that I've done. Oh, you just don't know how great the God of this Bible is because there's no hell you can find yourself in that God won't find a way to break you out of. This is why the angel appears and what does he do? He breaks all the rules. He breaks all the protocol. He, 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 he's not... Peter's lawyer. He, 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 he's not there to, to tell him what to say and, and not to say. He's there to set the man free. He breaks every, not only does he break the protocol, he breaks the chains that were holding Peter bondage. And here's what I need you to know today. Here's what you, need, you need to know. Everything the angel did and showed up to do, there was nothing that Herod or those guards could do to stop what God had put in motion. You need to know that when God shows up, he will do for you what you can't do for yourself. Let me say it again. When God shows up, this is how you know it's God. Because he will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. This is why you won't find a scripture that says God helps those who help themselves. Oh, shoot, that's not in the Bible? Google it. It is not in scripture. Let me tell you what the God of the Bible does, though. He helps you so you can help yourself. Oh, I don't think I like where this is going. Okay, well, obviously you didn't read the part there where the angel says to Peter, put your clothes on, put your sandals on, put your cloak on, and you follow me. Why do I need to get dressed? Am I trying to look good for my execution? No, Petey, get yourself ready because you're about to move into a whole new place. You're, you are getting ready to move. This is a word for somebody's spirit here today. I came to declare, get up. Get yourself ready. Get your stuff together because you are getting ready to move into a whole new dimension of faith, a whole new dimension of power, a whole new dimension of realization of the greatness of God in your life. Get yourself ready. Get your stuff together. God will help you 
help you. I'll do what you can't. I'll open the prison doors. I'll drop the, the, the bondage off your life. I'll lead you out. But you have to follow. I'm not carrying you out of here. Can you imagine that? The angel throwing Peter over his shoulder and just, <laughs> come on, you big old lug. God will help you help you. Whew. Don't even make me get into the whole principle of discipline in Scripture. Because he's going to help you. Help you. The reason we spank, or maybe they're too old now, the reason we ground. Come on, somebody. It's because I'm trying to help you. Help you. You can't act this way, baby. You can't talk this way. You can't think this way. I'm trying to help you. Help you. Am I okay? I know my grammar's bad, but does it make sense? Verse 13. Let me wrap this up. Peter realizing now he's on his own. He decides, let me go to the place of prayer. And he knocks at the, at the outer entrance of Mary's house. He's knocking on the door. You know what I've learned, Pastor Beto? If we're not careful, we might show up at the wrong door. When God sets us free, if we're not careful and prayerful, we might show up knocking on the wrong door. Because I'm free. Free indeed. Now I'm going to go back to my old lifestyle and get bound up again. If we're not careful and prayerful, we'll start knocking on the wrong door. Peter shows up to Mary's house and he's at the outer door and he's knocking and a servant girl named Rhoda comes to answer the door and check this out. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed and excited that she ran back without even opening the door. And she said with such excitement, Peter is at the door. Again, this is just me throwing this in. Shut up, Rhoda. No, we're praying for Peter. But, but Peter is at the door. And they tell her, verse 15, you are out of your mind, they told her. But she kept insisting that it was so. And so they said, it has to be his angel. He must be dead. His spirit is here. Or an angel is here. But Peter kept on knocking. Here's the whole point of what I'm trying to get at right now. I didn't say this last week. I saved it for you today. In this text, every other door that was closed, prayer opened. Peter was bound, but they prayed. And the chains fell off. And the prison doors were opened. And even the gate to the city was opened. Every other door in this text was opened by prayer. Except this last door. Peter gets there, but the door is closed. The church is on the other side of the door, praying and singing. Come on, somebody. They were busy having church. I mean, they were so busy having church that when Rhoda hears Peter's voice, she doesn't even open the door for him. She's just so excited. Ooh, hallelujah, Peter's out there, woo-hoo. Well, if he was really out there, why didn't you open the door? 
Oh, because we can get so busy having church that we stop expecting answers. Oh, we can get so content to pray about things and and believe for things and shout about things and and dance about things and sing songs about things, but we're not willing to receive it by faith when the answer shows up knocking on the door. Can can you recognize when your answer's at the door? Can you? I mean, can you really? You're praying for God to do certain things, right? And God's out there knocking and he's letting you know, here's your answer. I I I don't think I want that. Uh, I don't think I like that answer, Lord. I, I, I don't think I need that answer in, in, in my life. Come on. You've been praying and asking, and God's out there knocking with your answer, but no, I'm, I'm too busy praying about it, and I'm too busy shouting about it, and I'm too busy being churchy about it. I don't have enough faith to actually answer the door. I hear you knocking, but I don't have enough faith to receive my answer. Pastor Olga, we talk to people all the time who pray for better. And then they reject it when it arrives. Right? Lord, I need a better job. And then a better job comes, but it's got too many hours. Lord, bring me a good woman. And he brings you a good woman. But you're just like, no, but you know, that's, uh, but, but Lord, I, I, but, 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 but God, I, she, she, she's too good for me. Lord, I need you to open the door. Okay. God, are you ever going to answer my prayer? Some of you have gotten so used to praying for better, but, but settling for lesser. That when better comes, you just reject it. Ignore it. Act like God isn't hearing you when you pray. Come on, I'm doing good right now. I'm talking about somebody's prayer life. Come on. I'm talking about your prayer life. That's why, you, that's why you're fidgeting right now and checking your phone and, and doing other things. I'm talking about your prayer life because this has been happening in your spirit for probably weeks or months right now, and you've been ignoring this for, for so long. You're praying for better, but you're so used to lesser. When better finally does come, you reject it. Listen to me. Prayer will bring it to you, but you have to open the door. That's why this text is so powerful to me because this door is the only door that prayer doesn't open. This is the door that we, we don't talk about in church, right? Come on, you know what we talk about in church? Well, what do we talk to you about in church? We talk to you about prayer. We talk to you about having faith. We talk to you about believing. We talk to you about trusting God. What we don't tell you about, oh, is that you also have a responsibility. God, this generation hates this word, Pastor Beth, I'll say it again. I know it sounds like a swear word to some of you. Responsibility. Pastor said Pastor said a six-letter word. Responsibility. Oh, no, it's everyone else's fault. Oh, 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 no, it's the government's problem. No, oh, no, it's, it's the Democrats. No, no, it's the, it's the Republicans. Oh, 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 no, it's, it's, just it's just because they don't recognize my gift. It's just because they don't, they don't see how, how valuable I am. I've taught you how to pray, and I've taught you how to have faith, but I forgot to teach you. You've got a responsibility here. Believe God, but baby, when God shows up, what are you going to do? You have a responsibility. I believe today your blessing is at the door. 
I believe today your miracle is at the door. I believe your breakthrough is at the door. However, you have the ability to take action. And if you will take action, you will receive God's provision. Oh, shoot. Take me back to the beginning of that message, Pastor. I like what you said at the beginning. All right, give it to him, Sarah. Acts, all right, give me Matthew 7. Give give Matthew 7. Take me back to the beginning. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Okay. I need to know. Sermon illustration time. Who needs $100 today? Who needs $100? Preferably a college-age student, because I know you really need it. Okay. Okay. I, mean, I see you over there. I see you. I need $100. Jordan, is that you back there? Come here, Jordan. Come here, Jordan. Give it for Jordan. Give it for Jordan. I know college-age students need some money. Jordan, I'm going to give you $100. Okay. But before you get that $100, there's four things I need you to do in order to get this $100. Okay? All right? First thing is this. First thing you need to do is ask, and it will be given to you. Go and ask me, sir. Would you please give me $100? (laughs) Absolutely. But before I give it to you, I need you to know I don't have it with me, but it's here. It's here. Okay? It's here. So seek. And you will find. Go ahead, sir. It's going to be out there somewhere. Come on now. It's going to be out there. Seek and you will find. I promise you it's there, my friend. I promise you it's there. I promise. I promise. promise. You'll find it. You'll find it. You'll find it. Seek and you will find. Any luck? Any luck? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes we knock and the door is open, and other times, maybe, just maybe, God's on the other side of that door knocking. Come on, somebody. You've been praying, you've been seeking. You've been knocking, but maybe, just maybe, your answer is on the other side of the door knocking as well. Listen to me. Jordan, you did it right, my friend. In the moment when you've been asking and seeking and even knocking, there comes a time when you've got to stop praying, stop asking, stop seeking, stop knocking, and start answering the door. By faith, I've just got to open it up. I don't know how to say this better than James. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. James chapter 2, verse 17 lets me know this. By faith, faith by itself, if it doesn't have any kind of action, if it doesn't have any kind of works, faith by itself isn't enough. It's dead. It's when I apply my works to my faith that things begin to come alive in my life. Somebody help me right now by faith. Just reach out in faith. Reach for that door. I dare you to turn the the handle. I dare you to open the door. I dare you to reach for it. 
Don't look at me. In faith, I've been praying. I've been seeking. I've been believing. I dare to do this. Come on, just reach for it like this. Come on. Just in faith, reach for it. It's in front of me. I know it's there. I know God is good. I dare you by faith to, I'm just, I'm turning the handle right now. I dare you by faith to open up that door. I dare you by faith to receive what God has for you today. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for your loved one. Maybe it's for your community. Maybe it's for some situation you've been seeking God about. But by faith, today, stop praying, stop seeking, and start receiving. Enter that door. God is there. Your miracle is there. Your answer is there. Your breakthrough is there. Your healing is there. Your blessing is there. It's there. By faith, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Stand your feet with me all over this room. Stand your feet with me. Maybe you don't know what to do in these kind of situations. This is why this walk is a walk of faith. Pastor, I feel foolish reaching forward by faith. And that's why you don't receive anything. By faith. Everybody, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I'll be foolish with you. By faith. Whatever your dominant hand is, stretch it forward. By faith. What have you been asking for? What have you been praying for? What have you been knocking and seeking after? Now by faith, turn that door handle. Say, it's mine. It's mine. God's already done his part. Come on. He's already done his part. By faith, he's helping me help myself today. Open that door in faith today. Open it in faith today. Come on, invite in, welcome in what you've been praying for. Welcome in. Receive what you've been fasting for. Come on, welcome it in. Take it in. Receive today what you have been seeking and knocking for. Today, I welcome it into my life. Can I get an amen by, by faith today? That it's already here. Can I get an amen by faith? I'm receiving. Don't stare at me. By faith, I receive everything God has. Let me explain it like this. How do I know it's really God? When you live with people long enough, you, you kind of, you begin to learn their little idiosyncrasies, their, their tendencies. You, you learn their voice. You learn the sound of their keys when they're opening the door. Once you have children, you will learn who's at the door by how they knock. Can I get an amen from my parents? Go away! I can tell it's justice at the door because usually it's some kind of beat, right? He's a musician. He just drops the beat. Okay, that's buddy. I can tell it's Ella because it's, it's usually come to my... Daddy! I need some Takis! I could tell it's Zion because he just kind of like, uh, boom, he just, he's strong. Like, boom. There's I. His eyes at the door. Uh, maybe you don't do this at home, but sometimes we have to lock the door. I don't want y'all, okay? Sometimes you gotta lock the door. If you don't have kids yet, you'll learn. Sometimes you gotta lock the door. And I could tell it's Evangeline because it's that little soft. Is someone knocking? Must be God. I'm going back to sleep. 
Don't there's tangent at the door. Listen to me when I tell you this. When you live in daily relationship with God, you will learn to discern his knocking. See, I, I get it. all sorts of things are knocking on, on the, the door of your heart. All sorts of temptation. All sorts of people. I know the enemy's out there doing his thing too, trying to make his way in, trying to weasel his way in. Oh, God. But if you just spend a little time living with God, you start to discern, God, that's you. Because if you don't, which camera, which camera's on me right now? Which one is it? This one? If you don't learn to discern God's knock, you will open the door to anything. Should I go off for a moment on this? This is why certain people go back to their old lifestyles. Because though they've lived with God, they haven't learned to discern when he's knocking. And what they've done is they've opened themselves up to doctrines of devils, to things that appease their itchy ears, their lifestyle. Oh God, somebody, somebody help me right now. I, I know your feelings want what's on the other side of that door. I know your flesh wants what's on the other side of that door. But if you open the door, it's going to destroy the faith in your hearts. You will no longer be trusting God. You'll no longer be living by faith. You'll be living by flesh and by feeling. But if you will welcome God daily, come on, we know this. Welcome him daily. Even if it's a bad day, I can discern that's God knocking. Even if it's a, a celebratory day, I can discern that's God knocking. Even if it's the worst day of my life and I'm caught between 16 armed guards and I'm about to die, I can discern, oh, that's God. That's God on the other side of the door. I'm learning to discern his knock. You don't think this is biblical? Revelations 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I feel God today. I feel his love for you in this room today. I do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why some of you are struggling right now so desperately. It's not that God isn't there. You keep opening the door to the wrong thing. Oh, shoot. Here we go. I feel in the room. You know why you're angry all the time? You're not welcoming in the presence of God into your heart. You're inviting in those things that make you angry. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know why you're bitter all the time? You're not opening your heart to the presence of God. You're opening yourself up to those bad memories and those things that didn't happen. Wow, this is when people really are ignoring me now, aren't they? Hello. You found comfort in your bitterness, but baby, you're not any better. You know why men and women will do great things for God and then turn their back? Because God's still knocking. But they've opened up the door of their heart to that which isn't God. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. He's knocking. And he's wanting to come in. If you can hear his voice, what do I have to do, Pastor Beto? I have to open the door. 
Jordan could still be running around this room right now looking for that hundo if he didn't have enough faith to open the door and receive. I feel a prayer of faith in this room here today. For those of you who are far from God, I know you are. I know you are. I, not only do I sense your spirit, I see what you post on social media. Come on. I know you're far from God. And yet there he is. Knocking. Knocking. And if you will open to him, he will come in and be with you. He will have fellowship with you. Relationship with you. This is what he wants. I love how it says that he comes into dine with me. I love that. Not just because we love to eat. Hello, somebody. Come on, we're Americans. We love to eat. But because it also means this. When the meal's over, I'm on my way. But I'll be back. I'll be back. What I've learned, Pastor Beth, though, is while I have the Holy Spirit inside of me all the time, I know that. I know that. I'm the, I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm not aware of his presence constantly. I'm just not. Other things happen. Other things are knocking. Other things are tempting. I know I'm not alone in this. Don't, don't sit here and stare at me like, ooh, pastor, you got temptations too. As long as I'm in the flesh. Hello, somebody. Pastor's just my title. I'm still carrying the same thing you are. It's called human flesh. And if I'm not careful, I won't be able to discern is this God or not. Some of you right now, I know you sense the Lord. He's been knocking for a while. Before my knuckles turn too bloody here. <laughs> Hear me now. The Spirit of God is present. Not just in this room, but right outside the door of your heart. He's wanting you to open it. Invite him in. Invite him in. You don't have to pray for something that's already at the door. Just open it and let him in. Everyone across this room and watching online, just repeat after me right now. Say this, say, Lord, I hear you knocking. Today, I won't harden my heart. I open the door to you. I welcome you into my life. Heavenly Father, I need you. You know that I need you. Help me now to surrender everything to you. Help me now to give you my whole heart. Help me now to walk with you every day. Help me now to discern your voice, your knocking, your presence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I sense you doing what only you can do in the hearts and lives of these men and women. Oh God, move with this church from beyond just having services. Move us from beyond praying and shouting and singing and preaching and move us into that place, that next level, that next dimension where we are finally and fully receiving everything you have prepared for us. I just need a prayer warrior in this house to lift your hands with me and begin to call upon the name of the Lord and say, God, move us 
from the place of asking to the place of receiving. Move us from the place of just praying and shouting and dancing and move us into the place where we are literally overwhelmed by everything you have for us. Come on, family, don't stare at me. Raise your hands and pray with me right now and declare with me, God, we are receiving heaven's best today. We've been hearing the knocking, but now, God, we are doing the opening and receiving everything you've prepared for us. I call out you men and women who are bound up today, wrapped up in addiction, bound up by sin. Literally, the enemy has kept you enchained for so long, but today is your day of liberty because somebody in your life has been praying for you. Somebody in your life has been interceding for you. Somebody in your life is hoping for you when you've lost hope. And today is the day you don't have to pray anymore. Open your heart to God and watch how the anointing breaks the bondage over your heart. Watch how the addiction begins to lose its grip. Watch how the demonic temptations begin to lose their hold. Watch how the confusion begins to dissipate. Watch how the lies of the enemy begin to run in the other direction. Watch how sin itself can no longer keep you bound. You will be liberated if you just welcome in the presence of God today. My God, my God, I, I'm just inviting prayer warriors. Just, just give me three more minutes. It's almost noon. Give me three more minutes. Can we just press in just a little bit more into his presence? Come on, prayer warriors. Prayer warriors don't stand and stare. Prayer warriors just get a hold of God and say, come on, Lord, do your work. Come on, Lord, have your way. Come on, Lord, literally remove the thing that is keeping people from opening the door. God, remove the doubts. God, remove the, the human effort here to make me think I have to earn this. I have to deserve this. No, God, you're going to do for me what I can't do for myself. I need some prayer warriors just for three more minutes to grab hold of the horns of the altar. Grab a hold of those horns and say, God, I won't let go until you bless me. God, I won't let go until I get the breakthrough. God, I won't let go until I see the deliverance. God, I won't let go till my heart is completely yours. Totally yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I prayed. And I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. You ready? You ready? It's time to answer the door, family. It's time to answer the door. 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 Jordan, the answer's already there. All you did was ask and seek. You were searching, but the answer was already there. Before you even knew you needed that $100, the answer was already there. It was already Come on, somebody. Before I even knew to ask, God had already made the way. But before the mountain ever showed up, God knew how to remove it. Before the giant ever came on the scene, God made sure there were stones down there by the brook that I could gather to take that giant out. He already made the way. He's already done it. He's already done it.